Hi, and welcome to Open Arted, a podcast exploring why making art can be more practical than we think. My name is Monica Moshonskaite, and today I'm hosting a conversation with Lithuanian writer and journalist Akvila Kavalovskaite. Akvila has already published two books, and in 2020, her newest book, Bodies, was listed among 12 most creative books in the whole Lithuania. Today with Akvila, we are going to talk about confidence in creative process, earning money as a writer, jobs that pay bills, as well as promoting your work as a writer and artist. If you're curious to read some of the novels by Akvila, please check the episode notes, I posted the link there. And just before we start our conversation, I'm letting you know that if you would like to support Open Arted monetarily, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash Monica Mashnowskaite. And by the way, in the musical break, you will hear a Claude Debussy's piano trio second movement performed by Trio Ogora. So let's jump to the conversation and I really hope you'll enjoy. So welcome, Akvile. I'm very happy you are on Open Arted. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Tell me, please, uh, how is your name pronounced in English-speaking countries? <laughs> it's very funny because I travel a lot because of my job. And every time at the reception desk, when the receptionist is looking for my name, I tell, this is the longest one on your list, and one every, every time finds it. Um, uh, so it's Kavalovskite. It's terrible, I know. And the Akvile, first name? Akvile Kavalovskite. Akvile yeah. means uh, an eye of an eagle, but I usually, uh, when I was a kid, my friends used to call me Aqua, just the, the short version of the name. So that's why some foreigners have said that I'm just agua, like water. <laughs> oh, okay, so this is why Akvile is the name of the water in Lithuania. Does it well, have maybe. any... Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. maybe. So officially, you call yourself a writer, but I saw there are some, uh, some uh, words of journalist or screenplay writer. So what would you call yourself? Mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm... Um... I don't know. I'm just creating content. That's it. <laughs> um, actually, I'm scared of all, all that descriptions, you know, that I, I don't feel uh, like I would be a journalist. I'm not a journalist at all, because journalists are people who are covering politics, are covering war, uh, people who are doing something really important and uh, what I do it's also important but I just tell stories and that's it you know I, I don't have anything anything with uh, in common with governments and on all all that things so I'm just a storyteller maybe maybe yes hmm. maybe I'm just a storyteller and sometimes the stories are real and sometimes they uh, they are somewhere in my head and what made you become so interested in storytelling I just don't know. Maybe that was the best thing I can do. Uh, I really love a line from one of Nirvana songs. It says, uh, uh, I'm worst at what I do best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, <laughs> so maybe uh, 
actually that's that's a long story and i tell that story sometimes uh when uh, somebody is asking me to tell something how my career started so when i was 16 my mom used to work as a manager in the big sewing factory and uh, you know everybody uh when you are 16 you need some extra money so I just asked her, maybe I could help her somehow and get some extra money for that. She said, if you really want it, okay. <laughs> and that was so exhausting. I just couldn't stand that job. Uh, the summer was very hot. Everybody was going to the lake or river, uh, swimming, spend their summer. And I was working at a sewing factory. And that was so, I don't know, that was so disgusting. And after one month, I got my salary, and I was so disappointed with the salary. <laughs> you were more disgusted, even. <laughs> you were, yes, I was more disgusted. I thought, okay, I'm, uh, I was a good student, you know. I was playing cello, I was dancing, and that sewing factory, that was so... I thought, okay, you can, you can be quite smart, and at the same time have a really disgusting job so i would I, I don't want it you know and i thought okay maybe i already know something or maybe uh, i'm good at something and maybe i could uh, make some money doing something that i want and like and i just can do it um and i thought okay i'm quite good at literature i always got tense uh and uh, I thought, okay, so maybe uh, if I can write an essay at school, maybe I could write uh, some articles to my local newspaper. And I, I just went there. I saw the editor-in-chief. Actually, she was quite grumpy. I said, hello, my name is Akvila. I know I look quite young, but maybe I could write something for you. And she said... So go and write something while I'm standing here. I thought, okay. So I went and I wrote something. And I brought her my article. And, and then she said, I, I remember the exact quote. Uh, ah, it's a normal article. I think it's normal. Yeah, you can write. You can write. Just go write another one. <laughs> and I started to work occasionally there. Uh I firstly made a lot of inter uh, interviews with the people that I already knew. Then I started to look for uh, my my story characters, you know, and and somehow I became uh, I don't know journalist maybe. <laughs> you know what I noticed when you're writing that you really you don't use a lot of words. You you know somehow how to say important thing using very little words, and I really like that. It's like you um, don't waste my time. <laughs> uh, yes, that's what I that's what I usually think about when I am writing, especially when I'm editing. I just think, okay, people don't have time for this. You have to skip this. Uh, for example, my latest book. It is uh, like very short. And uh, when I had uh, everything done and I went to look how it looks like, uh, the graphic designer said, okay, you, ha you have 190 pages or something like that. 
I said, oh my God, it's not even a book. He said, don't worry, we'll use thick paper. It will look <laughs> like a normal book. <laughs> it does actually, it doesn't look that thin, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes you a little bit nervous. It's like, uh, I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was scary, actually. Mm. Another thing I noticed, uh, I think yesterday when I was reading, you sometimes use this technique, which I don't really know if if there is a technique like that, but that you repeat a same segment in the end. And uh, somehow it really made me think about sonata form in music. Like it's a little bit like exposition and then reprise. And I was like, wow, this completely blew my mind, you know? Um, maybe I I don't know. First of all, I think what what just fits to the story. If it doesn't mm. fit, I don't use it. But maybe I overuse that form. I don't know. <laughs> Would you say that you are self-critical? Mm, I think yes. I couldn't do anything without my partner, uh, because my my partner he is to decide you know, what is right and what is wrong. Because. It, <laughs> everything is wrong for me <laughs> so, oh, okay. that, so he reads something and says no that's not wrong that's okay just leave it <laughs> mm. but he I'm... has anything in common with literature he's a cameraman ah okay but anyway anyway he is uh, actually he's a rude reader I, <laughs> if i write something that he does not like he says like mm, mm. And I know that I have to rewrite everything. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, on the previous episode, I was talking with one uh, musician and she said, once you stop doubting, you are no longer an artist. Would you agree with this? Mm, I don't know, but uh, I think you have to go through both of them. I mean, uh, there is a moment to doubt, but there is a moment to be so sure that you just... Uh, you just cannot stop, you know. You're so sure that you have to do it. But yes, there are some moments when you are doubting so much uh, that you feel that, okay, maybe I'm not talented enough or maybe I'm just not enough somehow. Uh, and uh, all the voices in your, your head are telling you that you're a loser, you're a loser, you're a loser. <laughs> and then you go to bed get asleep then wake up then repeat and sometimes you just can create something <laughs> so i actually wrote in one question which i sent you about the self-confidence which i actually see a lot in you but of course we all have our own demons but uh, how do you think you travel to this point when you think that okay i trust my work and i think it's worth reading or worth sharing with the world and how do you personally travel to that point i i'm not uh, in that point yet <laughs> but you published two books already <laughs> they published <laughs> it's not me <laughs> it's not me no 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 i'm not self-confident at all i think that uh, mm, I have one feature that uh, maybe makes people think that I'm self-confident because when I'm talking, I'm quite strict a little bit. And uh, it doesn't look that I'm doubting when I'm talking. But when I'm working, I'm doubting all the time. So it has nothing in common with my work. 
Uh, okay, so it, it's like you have two different personalities in life and in in work. <laughs> yes, yes, maybe, maybe yes. Because I, when I'm talking, I'm telling a lot of jokes. I'm so maybe I I could look self confident, but uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm always doubting and I'm always scared. Uh, maybe I'm not expressing that kind of feelings when I'm talking, but when I'm working, I just have we have them here and here. Hmm. So if we go a little bit back to the topic of uh, you know money and the factory you worked and uh, <laughs> earning and earning money from writing and you know what I thought you said oh uh, you earn so little working in a factory but you can also earn very little <laughs> while being a writer oh yes okay yes absolutely so what is your relationship with money career and writing oh, when I read this question I was thinking about it for for some time And I think that I know the answer. Uh, I I'm a freelancer for many years already, and I have some jobs that are paying me the bills. On the one hand, on the other hand, if I didn't have those jobs uh, that are paying my bills, I wouldn't have anything to write about when I'm already on my greater things. So I think that uh, my every day, uh, the work I do every day, like for example, my interviews for television, my articles for magazines and something like that, I am studying, earning money and meeting really very interesting people every day. Actually, this is my real inspiration. And when it comes to my creative work, that are books, some stories I tell, Uh, I have a lot of material because these uh, jobs, uh, they are just inviting me uh, to be curious about the world. Just to be curious every day. It's my job to be curious. That's why I, I just can't write something then I'm alone because I have a lot of thoughts in my head. If I, if I dedicated myself only writing books I think that I I would wouldn't just be poor uh, I would ju be just stupid you know <laughs> I'm, I'm not telling that I'm really clever and intelligent now but I would be less clever and less intelligent I'm sure about it <laughs> you know we are living in the world when you earn some money you have somewhere to live and you Uh, have something to eat, you can go to the mm, restaurant, you can go to the cinema and stuff like that. Uh, so it's quite normal to earn some money and to let yourself of all those things. Uh, if you decide that you are such an artist that you just don't need uh, a glass of water on your table, I think it's strange. Hmm. I think it's strange because these days... Uh, you cannot uh, say that you don't need any money because it's impossible, you know. So you have to earn money somehow. How much money do you need? It's your choice already. Hmm. But would you be happy if, you know, someone would come to you and say, Aquile, you can stop all the other jobs and you can just write and we'll give you endless money forever and you can just write? Mm. So maybe I would 
travel more, maybe, I don't know, maybe I would have more money to invest in, into myself, like some courses, some studies or something, because I don't have a lot of time in my everyday life. Uh, so I have to really precisely choose what books to read, what films to watch, and that, and so on. So maybe, maybe I would do that. But I, but I think that's uh, this, these kind of situations are more or less impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's talk about self-advertising. I, I read one quote from you, which is, it is strange to me that advertising anything is good and advertising a book is already contrary to art. 
And uh, in the, in the classical music world, I already said to you that it's very normal that you should be uh, you shouldn't advertise yourself because if you do that, it looks like you are probably failing. So you're using this to kind of make it up, <laughs> which is complete nonsense. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is a story about uh, Vanessa May. Do you know it? But actually, she's not a real player, you know. Somebody else is playing, and she's just pretending to play. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your relationship with self-advertising uh, and promoting mm-hmm. your work? I think we are living in a world of promoting yourself these days. Everybody is promoting, self-promoting, uh, but not everybody is uh, a, real, uh, a real master of something. You know, there is four rules of really interesting story. Uh, and the first the first rule is that somebody have to pay attention that you are telling the story somehow. So if you play music and you do not invite people to listen to that music, are you even playing then? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I could argue that there is a philosophy of doing things without an outcome. Just, you know, you are you are not really expecting any result. You are doing it just because you love it and you find yes, meaning course. in the work. Yes, of course, of course. I can agree with that also. But I... I just don't think that uh, you become, I don't know, a criminal if you say that, look, I'm an artist, just come, come, come. It's not bad, I think. It's, a, it's not bad. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your first book, which is sadly forgotten because your new book came out. <laughs> and I was, I was actually, I read your first book in autumn and then I took your second book. And it was really funny because the heroine is the girl who wants to play piano and she wants to study in Vienna. And I was like, I was reading in my bed and was like, I'm in Vienna and I'm a pianist. Is this some kind of deja vu, you know? <laughs> so why did you choose uh, music? And I, in the, in the second book, you also use a lot of uh, music in your writing. What relationship do you have with music? I used to play cello when I was a kid, and uh, it's really disappointing because I, I was really good at that. I really loved do, doing that. I really used to play a lot. Uh, I spent, I used to spend all my uh, spare time just playing the cello. I don't know why. Um, and uh, I won some contests, you know. I used to have my personal gigs, and that that was so cool for a kid, you know. But somehow, when I became like 15 or maybe 16, I didn't like that anymore. Uh, something happened. Uh, maybe mm, I don't know. Mm, I I don't know how how that happened, and I stopped playing. Just stopped playing. And then I came back, but I I could never uh, play as well as as I used to play before. And that was some kind of disappointing experience for me. And maybe maybe that's why I chose uh, that topic, 
because that that was some kind of I don't know painful to me maybe. Hmm. So how many years you didn't play in between? Mm, one year or something. Okay. And you cannot really remember what was the reason. It's so interesting to know. Uh, I think I was became just jealous because you know when I uh, when I was playing all the time, just all the time, I was I was really very good at that. But when I was fifteen and sixteen, you know, all, all the girls have their boyfriends. Uh, everybody's going to the cinema. Uh, my friends are traveling somewhere, and I. And I couldn't play as much because I wanted to to get all that experiences also. And then, uh, because I wasn't playing uh, so much, I couldn't play so well anymore. And I think that I couldn't stand the idea of not playing well enough. <laughs> That's uh, <crazy>. okay. <laughs> I, I think that was the reason. It was really interesting because in the book, you painted the picture of... Uh music schools so well that I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, you know, the the way the teacher would say something to the to the pupil, it was just like out of the textbook. How did you manage to <laughs> how did you manage to, you know, taste this uh, so well? I, I spent 10 years at the music school. I think it's enough. <laughs> Okay, and you mentioned that you talked with the professional pianists before writing this book. What did you find out? Uh, you know, I, I used to play cello and piano. That was my second uh, second activity. And uh, I wasn't so good at piano. I mean that I didn't know all the theory and something like that. Uh, so, for example, I didn't know... Uh, which pieces are really difficult to play, uh, which ones are less difficult to play, and so on. And uh, uh, how much time do you have to learn the piece uh, when you are at the music at academy, for example? You know, such like really, really normal things, not some kind of ways of getting inspiration or something like that. Just those, those things that I think that if they are not uh well done uh the book is not uh the book i don't know maybe uh it lacks some reality or something like that mm -hmm. and i i also wrote uh to you that i as a musician i always felt that uh writing a book is like it has an end point and you have a result that uh, in music, <laughs> we actually, we always say that, oh, you know, if I were a writer, I just write a book and I have it. I have it with me. I, I carry it and, you know, it doesn't go away. And then with music, you learn so much great music and it goes away if you don't play it. Is it true? Mm -hmm. No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Writing a book is a long, really very long process. Mm, and it has uh, other disadvantages. Like, uh, for example, you cannot edit anything after you publish it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so maybe we could uh, actually talk about the question from Kasumi. She asked about uh, 
so I'm going to read the question and maybe you can answer. I've always wanted to know how writers keep motivating themselves in the long process of writing a book. Preparing for a concert is already a process, but I imagine book writing uh, is a whole other story. The sheer volume length of the process, so much editing, with which comes probably a lot of self-doubt. How does uh, Aquile overcome those thought times? Also, how do you plan such a long journey and stick to it? Mm -hmm. So, for example, now I'm working on my new book and... Um, First of all, you spend a lot of time thinking about the story, just thinking you are not writing anything. You maybe put down something, not to forget, but you just don't write anything. I don't write anything. Maybe somebody just starts from the beginning and uh, <laughs> and goes to the end. And then I just try to write something. Uh, for example, I don't know, not even a chapter, maybe a page, to see how it looks like how it feels, what is the atmosphere. Uh, and if I like it, maybe I I am plotting something like, oh, okay, this could be ha this could happen to the character, maybe this could happen to the character, how the character would react, if that happens or that happens, what relationships does he have with the people around him. Mm -hmm. And then I just uh, think about the end. How should I end it? Because maybe this is the the most important moment. Uh, because hmm. if you don't know how it ends, you don't know where to begin. That thing. So I'm thinking about an ending. And uh, uh, for example, now I know quite exactly what is the last sentence of, of my book. More or less, more or less. I, I know what is the last sentence, so um, I'm planning a little bit. I didn't uh, write anything yet. Uh, just writing something, putting something, and uh, thinking about it, traveling, thinking, putting something. <laughs> and that's it. And uh, it takes, actually, it takes ages <laughs> to do that because I don't have, uh, I, I cannot dedicate all my time to writing. So yeah. uh, usually I'm, too tired, just too tired. Mm, but when I'm in a good mood, in a good, I don't know, in a good atmosphere, when I think that I have something to tell, then I just put something down. And I don't know when I begin writing, just when I start, I don't know, maybe maybe in May, maybe in July, maybe, maybe next year, I don't know. Personally, it's... Um, uh this uh, could be my third book and uh, you know you are already familiar with the process uh, you already know when you are starting that it will be very hard it will take a lot of time uh, you will be tired uh, you you will hate yourself you will hate your work you will hate everything people will hate you because you will be uh, <laughs> a little bit grumpy with everybody um uh, you won't have enough time and uh, you will be very sad <laughs> and just you have to take it somehow but anyway uh, when you finish it everything is about learning you learn a lot you learn a lot about yourself you learn a lot about work you have to google just loads of information you have to talk to many people and when you finally publish it 
you, you, it's not like, look, I write a book. No, it's like, look what I have learned during mm. these years working with that. Yeah, so, so it's, something, it's something like that. I, actually, when I was writing my first book, when I was about to start, I, uh, uh, I wrote it only because of the um, curiosity to find out what does it feel uh, when you just finish your book. That was awful, actually. That was awful. I, <laughs> awful feeling, you mean? <laughs> yeah, that was awful feeling. Uh, when I wrote uh, the last sentence, I, I remember myself that uh, my brain was saying, okay, you finished your first draft. You have to go out and get a drink. And uh, the heart saying that, it's so awful. It's so awful what you have written. It's so bad. You should go to bed and... <laughs> I'm telling you, you have two different personalities. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. So we went for a drink with a bunch of friends and I was in a, some, some kind of mild mood, you know. They had a beer and went home. <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny, as you said, no one cares about your suffering. Yeah, you know, no, no one cares what happens Except behind. Your mom. Yes, of course, except your mom and your partner, maybe. Mm. For example, my partner, he, he, he just uh, cannot look at me when I'm so uh, frustrating, maybe. Mm. Is there any techniques? Uh, no, there are none. There are no techniques. <laughs> you have just to continue working. You have to continue working any way. It doesn't matter. You can have a cup of tea, but it's just a cup of tea. And yes, it's not, it's not something. Uh, I think that you can really uh, make a career as a writer only then when you uh, agree with the idea that no one will help you and nothing will help you. Uh, glass of wine, no. Changing the location, no. Uh, it's nothing. What you can really do and what really helps for me, for example, when I'm stuck, I go somewhere out and meet some people. And uh, I just try not to talk too much, but uh, to listen to the real speech of a human being that inspires me somehow. So there's no cure, right? You are stuck no, no, with no. your struggle. No, you will die anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Let's not finish in this uh, sad, sad moment. Maybe it's not a sad moment. It's a moment of freedom, right? Yes, it's a moment of freedom. We will die one day. It doesn't matter uh, if, we're right, if we are good offers or bad offers. Good offers die more often. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's that's true. But maybe because they actually could not fight this, uh, that they are alone and they have to struggle alone, you know? Because somehow you still have to keep going, right? How do you motivate yourself? Do you have days when you're like, I don't want to write and I will not write? Yes, yes, of course. Of course I have. Uh, but um, what really motiv motivates me is... Uh, when I uh, write a really good sentence, a really good phrase or something, and it's like another hope 
You know, you think, okay, maybe it's not so bad. This is a good one. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's just a sentence consisting of three words, you know. But okay, maybe that's good. Maybe that's good. I I should do more like this. You know? I should repeat something like this. And somehow you forget all the frustration and you just go on. Then you stop and you think and everything, everything is very bad. But then you... Uh, just write one more good sentence and think, okay, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I should work. <laughs> so would you recommend writing as a practice to anyone? No. For learning experiences? Oh my God, no, no. 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 <laughs> I, I, uh, I know many writers and uh, what I can say that people that are not writing are a lot happier than them. <laughs> People who are not in arts are a lot happier, <laughs> but we chose. Yes, they are a lot. Yeah, if you are a writer, you you have to admit that all, all you will spend all your life doubting and uh, <laughs> and being a bit you know sad all the time. <laughs> you know, you're writing and it's it's uh, exhausting. You're not writing; it's even more exhausting. <laughs> so, what will you choose? It's always hard. Okay, Aquila. So any last thoughts or anything you would like to share about writing, life? We're really now, I think everybody is lacking impressions, feelings, and uh, we are quite isolated. Mm. What I am really trying to do is not to waste that time somehow. But but it's not so easy. It, it's not so easy, and it's really very hard to to get any inspiration when you don't go anywhere. Uh, thanks God, I have my traveling job, so I can travel because of my job, and I think that's a miracle. That's really mm -hmm. nice mm, because I, I I have just uh, come back from Dubai. That was quite interesting. Uh, I was traveling in Spain for two weeks. That was amazing, and uh, I really, I really appreciated that chance to travel these days. Mm, that's really precious to me. But on the other hand, I, I can see that all the people they are so tired. We are so tired that we are not talking about any inspiration. We are talking just about changes that we have to change something. You know. Uh, to see somebody else, to touch some, I don't know, some some another kind of surface. So maybe it is a good time to start playing piano. <laughs> or, <laughs> or cello. Um, or cello, maybe, maybe. Maybe you can maybe. come back to cello. Where mm. is your cello, actually? It, I, it's very hard. I well, when I I haven't tried to play for fifteen years, maybe. But I I think anyway I could play something. I'm I'm pretty sure I I could play. Uh, the piece that I learned when I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what is your favorite classical composer? Maybe I can put it in our conversation later. Okay, um, there are some, there are many of them actually. Now I don't know why I'm listening to Debussy a lot. Oh, okay. I love that atmosphere. 
Like, I, yeah. it, when you listen to Debussy, it looks like all the walls are vibrating somehow. <laughs> it's like jellyfish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, okay, like Debussy it. ordered. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining Open Arte today. If you find this conversation valuable, please rate it on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. This is the best way to invite more people to listen to Open Arte. If you would like to find out more information about me, please visit monicapianista.com or simply find me on social media by my name. Thanks for joining Open Arte.